Recorded live high atop the Sam Cogley building in beautiful Midtown Portsmouth, Virginia. It's Phantasmo After Dark with your host, Rob Floyd, and co-host, Phyllis Floyd. Tonight's topic, the house on Haunted Hill. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the old podcast tonight. Hey, Phyllis. Hello, Rob. <laughs> Thanks for joining us in the lounge this evening. We, uh, we're back after a little hiatus of, of real life, hopefully back to our regular schedule, and I uh, got a lot to talk about tonight, actually. In addition to the movie we're going to talk about, there's been some cool stuff uh, that we've been and done, and some cool stuff coming up uh, for the Halloween season we want to touch on real quick. Uh, a few weeks ago, Mr. Tony Mercer and I went to the Super Drive-In Monsterama up in Vandergriff, Pennsylvania, right near Monroeville. Uh, yes, the Monroeville Mall, where Dawn of the Dead was filmed, the original. And yeah, of course, we went in the mall and walked around a little bit. <laughs> that was cool. But this drive-in thing they do, but we've probably talked about it before on here, I'm sure. They do every April and September up there. And what it is is a two nights, and each night they show four classic monster movies or horror movies. And this year was, uh, you know, no exception. This one was really good. We went and saw Curse of the Werewolf at a drive-in. It was awesome. I can't describe how cool that was. That was just, and the first night was great. The weather was nice. Uh, we only ended up staying through the first two movies because uh, we were we were just dog tired. <laughs> and the second two, the first two movies were uh, Curse of the Werewolf and can't remember that one was. <laughs> There's been so much going on between now and then. Uh, but the the second, the last two movies were when dinosaurs ruled the earth in 20 million years BC, which we you know really really didn't care about seeing those that much. Uh, the second night was Horror Frankenstein, I believe, and, jeez, I'm drawing a blank. But the one we really wanted to see was Dr. Jekyll and Sister Hyde, but that was third on the bill, I think. And it, it had started raining, and we were tired, and, of course, we had to drive back the next day. And the rain kind of really put a damper on it because we had to sit in the car and, you know, keep putting the defrost on and then keep using the windshield wipers. And so it made watching the movie kind of pain in the ass. Yeah. <laughs> But they do it right up there. It's always a good time, um, whether, you know, being the exception. It's always fun. It's always a welcome atmosphere up there. Everybody's having a good time. And this time was really cool because Tom Savini was there because he lives in Pittsburgh. So he he shows up now and again. We've seen him there a couple times. He shows up to watch the movies, too. And Doug Bradley, the guy that played Penhead in the Hellraiser movies. And Lylesburg in Nightbreed, uh, he was there. So, you know, I'm guessing he lives in Pennsylvania, too, because that's the second time I've seen him at the drive-in there. And they were both real friendly, and people were chatting them up a little bit and taking pictures, and nobody was asking for autographs, you know, was bothering them. But it was really laid back and a lot of fun. So if you get a chance, check that out. It's called the Super Drive-In Monsterama in Vandergriff, Pennsylvania, the Riverside Drive-In. Well worth the trip from, you know, anywhere you're coming from. Check it out. In addition to that, other cool things, uh, Phyllis and I just got back from a week in Las Vegas, baby. It was so much fun. <laughs> we went there for, well, we went there to see Queen live in concert, and that was totally Phenomenal. amazing. Yeah. But monster related stuff that we saw, we um, ended up finding by accident this place called um, Tom Devlin's Monster Museum in Boulder City, Nevada, which is just. 26 minutes away from the Vegas Strip. I mean, it's nothing. You could, you know, it's a spit to get there. But you get there, and it's this little nothing, small little town. You're driving along, and boom, then there's these, a little dinosaur outside of this <laughs> yeah. little shop, this long shop, and two, like, a monster, a ghoul, and a Frankenstein on motorcycles. 
It's pretty cool. You go up on the front porch and there's a zombie Spider-Man right. and a lot of monster decor in the windows. And you go inside the door and then it's a, it's like a retail shop with t-shirts and, and memorabilia and stuff to buy and keychains and all that kind of stuff and action figures. And you pay your money and you walk in the next door to go into the actual museum and it's incredible. If you look on the Monster Fest Facebook page, I think I posted them on there, not on my own Facebook page. But if you look on Facebook under the Monster Fest page, there's an, I posted pictures on it from it because you're allowed to take pictures inside of everything. And there's beautiful life-size recreations of Frankenstein, the Wolfman, Phantom of the Opera, the Mummy, Michael Myers, Jason, the Ninja Turtles even. <laughs> yeah, all kinds of all, all kinds, kinds of, stuff. of stuff. And it's really nice stuff. The, the Frankenstein looks like it's pretty much Karloff. Mm -hmm. The Phantom and the Wolfman are pretty much the Cheneys, but it's kind of this guy's take on them. And I really like his take on them. They're really kind of, kind of neat. And there's also some original movie props in there. Tom Devlin was on the Face-Off show. And he also worked with Troma on uh, Poultry Geist. Mm -hmm. So the, the Poultry Geist costume that he created is on display there. And it's they ask you not to touch anything, but it's not under glass. I mean, you can get up, you know, stick really your nose on it, it if yeah. you want to, you know. And there's some other props from Puppet Master. And uh, so it's really, it's, and it's only 13 bucks to get in. Very you know? reasonable. And you got to buy a t-shirt too, because the t-shirts are cool. But it's, <laughs> it's really well worth it. If you're going to be in Vegas or anywhere near there, Definitely take the trip out and, and give this guy 13 bucks to go through his, his attraction. Mm -hmm. It is well yeah. worth it. Well, and they're expanding. They're going to put oh, in a yeah. little dark ride. Yeah, they're going to put in a little dark ride, like the old where you get in a little cart and go on the track. And so we got to go back just for that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Rob loves dark rides. Oh, God, I do. I will drive 100 miles just to go on a little five minute dark ride. Okay, we've driven much longer than 100 miles to go to a dark ride. <laughs> Just to go to a dark <laughs> yes, ride. Yes, we have. <laughs> They're so much fun. So cheesy and so much fun. <laughs> Did we see anything else while we were in Vegas monster-wise? Well, there was that cool oddity shop. Yeah, the oddity shop on, was very arts cool. District. On Main Street. Yeah, Main Street, uh, Las Vegas, the oh, arts district. Oh, I've forgotten the name. I'm sorry, Las but Vegas, it was really cool. Las Vegas oddities, I think. Was it? Something like that. It was a cool oddity shop. It was very big. Oh, yeah. It was huge. And they had all kinds of like animal skeletons and, and things and glass jars and all kinds of odd, dark art, stuff like that. It was really, really kind of kind of cool. Hey, and speaking of stuff like that, locally here, if you get a chance to check out, if you're going to be anywhere near Moyoc, North Carolina, which is just 10 minutes away from Chesapeake, Great Bridge area, mm -hmm. check out Just a Little Hocus Pocus, Wendy's Shop. There she's got, you can't miss it as you're driving by. It's a great shop. She's got all kinds of uh, Halloween, horror stuff, makeup supplies. And it's it's worth the drive out there to check it out. Also, if you're going to be anywhere in Norfolk, Virginia, down on Granby Street, check out Dana's Quixotic Arts. It's a very cool, eclectic little shop with all kinds of, especially a lot of local artist stuff. Mm -hmm. All with an, with an odd, dark bent to it, kind of, you know. Monster horror-related, oddity-type stuff. It's really a unique shop, so check that out, too. Yeah, if you're listening to this podcast, you'll probably like the stuff there. Yeah, and if you don't, why are you listening to this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> now, coming up this month, besides Monster Fest, which is next Saturday. Yep. This is 2018. <laughs> <laughs> so if you listen to this in the far-flung future, don't go looking for the Monster Fest. Unless, well, unless we're still doing it then. We could be. Yeah. But at the Chesapeake Central Library, we hold it every year. This is Monster Fest 15. Yes. And it is a gathering of monster fans from all over the area and near and far. And we have over 60 tables of vendors. Mm-hmm. 
We have panels going on all day and events and costume costume contest, a horror costume contest that is, and loads of horror hosts. Saturday, October the sixth, and it starts at ten a.m. goes to five a.m. and we've got p.m. Sorry, (laughs) doesn't go that long. Yeah, ten a.m. to five p.m. Let's get get that part straight. Doctor Mad Blood, of course, is going to be there. It wouldn't be the same without him. He's the horror host I grew up with, and and everybody in this area. In addition to Dr. Mablo, we have Dr. Sarcophagi is going to be there. Bobby Gammonster is going to be there. Mr. Lobo and some of the other horror hosts from OSI 74, the Roku channel, which you got to check out. It's really cool. And Penny Dreadful, back with us. Hadn't been been able to come in a few years, so that's going to be cool seeing her again. Yep. Be sure to come check it out. The biggest thing about Monster Fest is it's free. There is no admission fee. You can walk in and out all day long and enjoy it and have a good time. So, And that's at the Chesapeake Central Library on Cedar Road in Chesapeake, Virginia. That's right, right. And check out the website, monsterfestva.com, or check out the MonsterFest Facebook page for more info. Now, if that wasn't enough, and of course it's not. But wait, there's more. But wait, there's more. Coming up, the narrow expanded cinema on Collie Avenue in Ghent is showing uh, some... Pretty good horror movies all month long of October. Well, I say all month long. Every weekend in October, just about. Friday, October 5th, the night before Monster Fest. It's a Flick It Friday's event, which is a big interactive audience event showing the Monster Squad. That's going to be a lot of fun. I've been looking forward to this one for a while. And Saturday, October 6th, the night of Monster Fest. Right after Monster Fest, we're gonna, when it wraps up, we're going to go eat and then shoot over to the Narrow for The Shining the original Shining, Jack's back. Friday, October 12th, The Exorcist. And those are all going to be at 9.15 p.m. Then on Friday, October 19th, at 11 p.m., Late Show, The Original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And Saturday, October 20th, at 11 p.m., Late Show, The Howling. That's going to be a lot of fun, those two nights. Also, right in the middle there, on Saturday, October 13th, live... A burlesque sideshow spooktacular. A live old-time burlesque show with a sideshow freak show theme. It's going to be incredible. It's going to be so much fun. 18 and up on that one. And if you've never seen live burlesque, you should really come. It's going to be a lot of fun, especially if you like you know, Halloween and stuff. And all of these movies and events, except for The Exorcist, I'll be there hosting. So, you know, stop by and say hi. <sighs> Whew. Now we got all that out of the way, we can start talking about tonight's movie. <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> House on Haunted Hill. You know, this is one of those, it's a public domain movie, and it doesn't get a lot of credit, I think, most of the time, because it's a public domain movie. And it gets lumped in with the other public domain movies, which, there are some gems in there. Yeah, but a lot of public domain gets a bad rep, you know? Well, a lot of them are crap, but there, yes. like I said, but there's some gems in there, you know. There are, and but this, this one, one doesn't feel like it should be public domain. I mean, obviously, public domain just means that nobody owns the rights to yeah, it. Yeah, and this one, but... they forgot to put the little copyright thing yeah. on the film, so that's it, it was just an oversight. The same thing with Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. It was just an oversight. But uh, House on Haunted Hill, made in 1959, starring Vincent Price, Carol Omart, Richard Long from Big Valley. Mm-hmm. And Elijah Cook Jr. from everything. Uh, <laughs> Cat has over two, like 212 film credits. Wow. Uh, yeah, I was looking at his IMDb. Elijah Cook, 212. I know he's been in everything, you know. And of course, it was directed by the one and the only, William Castle. Since we've been on a William Castle kick here recently, 
And this is one of his, I don't, I don't want to say it's one of his better ones, but it is one of his better ones. <laughs> this is one of those that has grown on me over the years. Yeah, years ago, I didn't really, it's not that I didn't care for it. I think I was kind of indifferent to it. Mm-hmm. But I've really come to appreciate it over the years. You know, it's one of the better old Dark House movies. Yeah. You know, with indifference to the old Dark House, that movie. It moves along in a really good clip. I don't think it has any real slow spots. Even when it dies down after a, a jump scare or something. Right. The pacing doesn't slow down at all. No, no, it's pretty steady. Yeah. It's consistent. Yeah. And all the uh, all the actors in it are you know, rather likable people. Yeah. I mean, nobody turns you off. Nope. No, I've always liked this one a lot. It's easy to watch. I mean, I never get bored watching it. I can watch it over and over. Yeah. And it has a nice mood the whole way through. Of uh, It starts off right at the beginning. It, it's Well, it sets you off, like puts you on edge right at the very beginning. Yeah. Where, okay, you got to picture it this way. You're in the theater the first time you see this, okay, because this is the way it was geared to do. Right. Lights go down. Yeah. You're sitting in the theater. You got your popcorn and your drink. The lights go down to pitch black. The screen is pitch black, and all of a sudden there's like a little low rumbling, and you hear this loud scream, and another scream, and then chains rattling, and ooh, and scary sounds, and that goes on for about a half a minute, which is a long time. Yeah. When you're in the dark, on the, you know, in a movie theater, and then Elijah Cook's face comes up on the screen, and he tells you a little bit about the house itself and what's going on, and then Vincent Price's face comes up and dares you to stay the whole night. And then the credits start rolling and the movie starts. This was 1959. And interestingly enough, I found out that that opening was so effective in scaring people and stuff that this kind of kicked off the idea of the spooky sound effects records for Halloween. Really? They started making they, of out, of the, out of that huh. because because that worked so well. It's like, hmm, just sounds? Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Everybody and their brother, if you like Halloween, has had one of those records at some yeah. time in their life. Some of us have, have had and All do have many. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I love the, the artwork on a lot of those album covers. It's so cool, so garish. Matter of fact, I do have one or two of them framed. I'd love to frame the rest of them that I have. We need more walls. Yeah, we need more. We need, anybody got any walls we can have? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's kind of cool to think that came from this, you know, seeing as how, like I said, this movie isn't put up there with a lot of the other you know, great horror movies. Right. But it it's one of the first two where it's an old dark house, but it's not a gothic mansion or a Dracula castle type thing. No, it's a really it's weird this, house. The outside, well, the outside is an Art Deco type. It's a Frank Lloyd Wright design, mm-hmm. and it was uh, built in. Let's see when was it built? Uh, in 1924, I think. And it's called the Ennis Brown House. Actually, it's in, in Los Feliz neighborhood of L.A. Mm-hmm. Is where it's located. So you, you can drive by and see it. I don't have the exact address, but um, you can drive by and see it today. It's still there. And it was in a few years ago. It was in the process of being restored. And it's been used in everything. Uh, the exterior, House on Haunted Hill, this is the first one. I think they even used it in Blade Runner. They used it in Buffy a few times. They, mm-hmm. You know, the, the TV series, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It's been used in tons of other movies. Because it's very odd unique design it is a weird real blocky weird with some mayan kind of influence you know yeah. but it's, it's very distinct it does it's very squared off it's not a it's not what i picture when i think of haunted house type yeah. movie but it is that art deco kind of weird look mm-hmm. the interiors for this were all soundstage mm-hmm. it's a very like old but proper mansion type interior nothing 
it doesn't have any gothic architecture arches or anything in the doorways and all, but it's just a, it gives you the sense of it is a big house. Mm-hmm. And so that helps with the mood and the lighting, of course, is a lot of shadows and, you know, a lot of cobwebs and things to set the mood. Mm-hmm. So it really works in that and keeping that mood the whole way through where it's, you know, it's night, you know, it's a creepy old mansion. You feel you're one little person in this big house with, you know, five or six other people. It does. I think it's real effective at doing that. And this has become one of those that I feel the need to watch every year Halloween now, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Where it it wasn't when I was younger, but now it we watched it just earlier today uh, to you know get set to do this, and it's like okay now it feels like it's starting to be Halloween to me, you know, because like the the mood has been set, so now I can start watching some other ho- horror movies. Interesting enough, this was uh, Elvira's favorite horror film, supposedly. In case you were wondering, <laughs> okay. You know, I was listening to uh, Gilbert Gottfried's podcast with Tom Zavini a while back, and he talked about this. It's one of the ones where that, that first real jump scare when the the girl turns around and the old witch lady is like right behind her, going making that face. Yep. That still gets him. Hmm. And, he's, he, and, you know, me too. I mean, it doesn't make me jump out of my seat. But I know it's coming. And that's what he said too. You know it's coming. Mm-hmm. You know where it is. But the way it's like, boom, all of a sudden there. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, there it works. Is. Every time it still works. Yeah. So, and that's a sign of, you know, a good movie and a good direction. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or good cinematography is you can't knock it. Now, one of the things, of course, it's a William Castle film, so it has to have a gimmick. Got to get a gimmick. Got to get a gimmick. And this was the gimmick of this was Emergo, where you were in the the action is all around you type thing. And what they did at the end of this movie, there's a, a scene where completely surrounds you with yeah a skeleton, one whole skeleton. Yeah, the skeleton. <laughs> rises up out of this vat of acid and then chases this girl around Carol Omar around the room. You make it sound very exciting. Like <laughs> like, he, like he's really moving. Yeah, well, you know, yes, my skeleton. Um, <laughs> and, and then she backs up and the vat of acid and the skeleton makes her fall in. Yeah. Now, when this happened in theaters, what they did, they had a plastic skeleton rigged up on a wire up beside the screen. And somebody in the balcony or whatever would would reel it in, and it would come out from behind a black curtain or something. And when the skeleton came appeared on the screen, the skeleton would be on this wire flying overhead of you, mm-hmm. over top of your heads rather. And at first it worked, and it was yeah, you know, people were like oh shocked. But then when word got out, kids would show up for the matinee showings or whatever with slingshots and stuff and, try to, try, to and try to hit it, and knock it down. <laughs> so I don't think it was done too long. In theater, maybe the first couple of weeks or whatever, but that was about it. Poor skeleton. I still want to do it sometime. One day. One day I'm going to rig it up at the Narrow to do it. We've shown some William Castle movies in Fant- at Phantasmo and at the Williamsburg Film Festival where we did 13 Ghosts and we made up the ghost viewers and the audience loved it. And we did Mr. Sardonicus with the punishment polls and yeah, that stuff works. It works to this day. People love that cheesy stuff being a part of the show and it it helps uh you know a mediocre movie be a lot more fun now this is really a mediocre movie but it, it ain't shakespeare either you know <laughs> tis true but it's william castle well it's it's william castle and vincent price and you can't beat that combination right there i mean either one is a good time yeah no kidding but you put you know put them together with this and then 
uh, and the Tingler, mm-hmm. which is another one that's not bad. We haven't done the Tingler yet, have we? No, we haven't. Maybe that'll be the next one <laughs> since we're a Wave Castle kick. Maybe. I love, I love the little speech part that Vincent Price gives at the very end. Oh, of this movie? Of this movie. Oh, which one where he's, he tells what happened? Yeah. And he yeah. says, I'm ready for justice. Yeah, well, Order. no, no, the part where he says um, they were playing at murder, but they didn't know that he was playing too. Oh, yeah, yeah, That yeah, little speech. Yeah. That's obviously not exactly how he says it, but yeah. however he says that that whole little bit there, I like it, that, yeah. that bit a lot. And it's only, really good. Only he can deliver it that yeah, way, Yeah, exactly. I, obviously, I can't do it. I don't yeah. even remember what he says, but it's really, really good. Crime you two planned was indeed perfect. Only the victim is alive and the murderers are not. It's a pity you didn't know when you started your game of murder that I was playing too. Yeah, Vincent Price could could read the phone book and make it sound creepy. Yeah, you know? no kidding. <laughs> and it's you know it's it's always the guys like that who you know and everybody who's ever met him said he was the sweetest, nicest man you ever wanted to meet. Yeah, but he could be as creepy as hell. Yeah, no kidding. You know. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> you know, and he was he was a chef, and he was an art connoisseur, and he was, <laughs> they had all these these highbrow interests. But he could look at you and lower his voice and make you think that he was going to kill you in a very classy way. <laughs> you know? Oh, another thing I found out about this too is that now this came out in '59. Hitchcock saw the the, the grosses that this was pulling in, the money that this was pulling in, mm-hmm. decided to make his own black and white. Low budget horror movie, so he made Psycho. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> well, there you go. And because of the success of Psycho, William Castle decided to make his own psychotic uh, slasher horror movie and made Straight Jacket. Straight Jacket. <laughs> so, so they just play off each other. Yeah, that works. Man, this—I uh, believe this is. Well, I don't believe. I know this is easily available. I'm not sure if it's on Blu-ray or not. Uh, which I'd like to get a copy if it is. But I'm sure it's easy to get on Amazon in any format. You want yeah, it. I'm sure it's on YouTube at this point. Yeah, I, oh, it's got to be on YouTube. And it's you know, most, more than likely really inexpensive. So get yourself a copy mm-hmm. and watch it. Uh, it's, great. it's great to watch any time. It's not really a horror movie per se. It's more of a suspense thriller. Yeah. yeah. Though there are some great jump scares in it. There are. We didn't actually give the the very, very brief of what the movie is. Basically just uh, Vincent Price is throwing a party for his wife for her birthday and they're telling everyone to stay in the house overnight that's supposed to be haunted and if they stay overnight, he'll give everybody $10,000 a piece. Yeah. And they never say what the party's for. It's just his wife saying Oh, I party. thought it was her birthday. Is it, it does say her birthday. Okay, maybe so. it is her birthday. They only mentioned that like the one time. Yeah, yeah. It's not important. But she's having a party. Or maybe they just say it's your your party. So maybe I assumed it was her birthday. Yeah. I don't remember. Anyway, so it doesn't matter. So they invite these five random people, like you say, and they all arrive each in an individual car up all in this house on the hill. the exact same time. <laughs> yeah. Which, uh, hmm, I think Clue, Clue? Got, stole, <laughs> stole, this, stole that idea. Not a bit. Um, <laughs> and, you know, the the... the <laughs> The funny thing I was talking about when we were watching this is the one, the young girl, the secretary, mm-hmm. Nor- Nora, Nora mm-hmm. 
she just eats shit the whole time she's there. I mean, yeah. Well, but that was by design. <laughs> but see, how was it by? That was one of my problems with it, though. How was it by design when he ran? He randomly picked the people. How did she and her accomplice, you know, know what to get that person there? Well, there there are flaws with this right over the script, obviously. But there's we can speculate, but I have no idea. I mean, so how did they choose the doctor? Okay. Did they say who the doctor was to him? How we know the doctor? Yeah, he just says he randomly chose people is what it said. Yeah, so I mean like... So there had the, to be some off-camera stuff that we weren't, we're not privy to. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it could be if the doctor was... The doctor obviously knew his Mr. Lauren's wife. So yeah. if the doctor was also treating Mr. Lauren for something yeah. or whatever well, he, he perhaps five he people somehow that, that influenced needed, him yeah, i don't know five people that needed the money is yeah. what he because they figured if they need the money they'll stay yeah uh more likely to stay anyway but what what i was talking about with nora just you know eating it the whole time is from the get-go from the time she gets there mm-hmm. within about five minutes she just keeps getting scared shitless mm-hmm. and nobody else does yeah yeah, they're just just beating it into her the whole time. That first time when they they the go first, down, yeah, the first time that she sees the the lady. Yeah, the, they yeah. go down in the basement area, and Richard Long goes in one room, and the door shuts on him, and she can't get him out. And then she turns, she hears something, she looks, and this figure, this old lady, kind of slides into the doorway out of the darkness, and then slides back, and that freaks her out. And she goes, runs upstairs, screaming, bloody murder, screaming. And then the next one is uh, is the next one. Next one's the jump scare, right? I think so. Then they do, after they get him Richard Long out, they go back down there again to fi- try to find out what happened to him. Mm-hmm. And she's by herself in the one room, and she turns around and blah, the jump scare's right there. Then she goes upstairs and uh, <laughs> finds a severed head in her suitcase. Right. Runs downstairs, and they go back up there, and the severed head's not there. Yeah, every time she tries to show it to somebody, nobody believes yeah. her because it's not there anymore. And then she's in a room with the door locked, and the lightning's flashing, and then there's a body hanging in the window outside, scaring her. And then she runs out of her room after that, and then there's uh, Carol O'Mart hanging from a noose over the uh, stairway inside the house there. Well, she didn't see that. Yeah, she saw that. Did she see that? Yeah. Oh, okay. Because I made the comment, how'd she get up there? Sometimes? Oh, that's right, yeah. that's right. And then <laughs> she's just one thing after. And nobody another. else gets scared though, like that. Yeah, everybody else is just you know? pretty calm. Yeah, Richard Long finds a head in the closet, but it's the, it's not facing him. He sees it from the back, and he grabs it and takes it downstairs. and Says, "Look, what do you know about this?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like he's pissed off, but that poor girl's just getting shit scared out of her left and right. It's terrible. It's like eat it, Norma, eat it. <laughs> Kelly Roger and, and Dawn of the Dead. Man couldn't catch a break, you know? <laughs> no. Yeah, there is there is a lot to the movie though that Well, we can pick it to pieces. Well you can, with yeah. Plot there's, holes and logic, but Yeah, there's a lot in there where it's like I don't I don't understand how they could have possibly known that this was gonna happen or that they yeah. could have made this work or whatever. But it doesn't matter. But you gotta you have to let that slide to and just enjoy it because it is a, re- a very enjoyable movie. And like I said before, it's paced, a nice steady pace. Yeah. It's one of those, you know, sometimes when you watch a movie and it's so absurd, the things are so ridiculous, you just you joke on it. You you can't believe how stupid the things are yeah, and uh-huh. it's, it's made it ridiculous. Yeah. 
there are are things in this that are just as strange and make just as little sense sometimes, but yeah. you never feel like you need to joke on it or think it's ridiculous because no. the movie is just yeah. good. So <laughs> until like a few minutes later, you're like, well, wait a minute, how did she? Why was that there? Right. But, you question it, but then the movie is still so yeah. so enjoyable. In the moment, you it don't doesn't matter. It. Yeah, yeah. Where in a lot of movies that happens, and you'll go, "Oh, come on, man! What the hell is that?" How exactly. Did, you know, this is like a little later on after you've thought about it. So now, wait a minute, how yeah. did she get? But yeah, you're right. You don't question it because it's it's so good, and the performances are good. Right. And it's shot well. Yeah, just gives you the quality of yeah of what's going on, I guess. And then you know it's it's shot pretty standard, and all of a sudden. When Norma's in the room one time, we get kind of an aerial shot. Yeah. You know, crane that shot is looking like down at her. the only time you see that, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. And that's like, it's not jarring, but it kind of takes you, you notice something's different about mm-hmm. the film. Well, every time something like that happens in a movie, I expect something to happen. You know, like, for instance, when that shot was on, you're clearly seeing the chandelier prominent in the foreground in the top left hand corner of the screen. Yeah. So I expect something to happen yeah. with oh, the chandelier. You get the no, you do get an aerial shot then, right at the beginning when the chandelier falls. Oh right. That's true. But you don't I don't think you get it again until and, halfway through the movie. Yeah, and you see that when then. you're in a room. But then yeah. nothing happens with the chandelier. The lights just go out. So Yeah. It wasn't a big deal. It's just one of those things where you, maybe they did it because you should be expecting something to happen and then nothing does. Yeah, it so it's just, maybe it's just a tension could builder. Be. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, but it, it was neat. It didn't really feel, I want to say it didn't feel like a William Castle movie. Yeah. Kind of. Especially the last two that we talked about. It didn't feel remotely like those. Mm-hmm. It felt a little more, uh, a little darker, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, even though the other two had some dark, really dark themes, sure. Just overall, they were it felt like they were filmed a little different, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but this is definitely one of my favorites, and I have it in a couple of different versions, DVD versions. Uh, this is was it fiftieth anniversary version, I think. Johnny Legend put out, and it's got some a couple little extras on it that are nice, a little retrospective of the house, and a couple of interviews and things. As a cl- very clean print on DVD, I've got a a cheap double version that's got this and I think The Undertaker and his pals on this. No, no, I'm sorry. That's got Children Shouldn't Play With Dead Things on it. I've got, what have I, I've got House on Haunted Hill and something on a double disc. <laughs> and then I've got it, of course, I think it's in the William Castle box set mm-hmm. that that we have. It's uh, just a beautiful box set that I'm sure has many other extras on it. But the version we watched for this was that 50, 50th anniversary one. Uh, I can't say enough good things about that William Castle box set either. If you get a chance to get that, definitely do. It has also has a documentary on it called Spine Tingler about William Castle. Now, you know, talking about William Castle, though, I think we've talked about the other movies briefly that are uh, have been made like in homage to him mm-hmm. or homage. And, of course, I'm talking about Matinee, which is a lot of fun. Yep. Which, oh, we need to get on DVD. Yeah. We just, I think we, we still have, have the VHS copy of that. Probably. <laughs> but that one is beautiful. It's Of course, it's John Goodman playing uh, Lawrence Woolsey, which is basically, he's William Castle, mm-hmm. in the late 50s, and touring around with his movie Mant. And it's beautiful. It's like a, William Castle, a love letter of William Castle yeah. and his family. It's a great film. It is. It's so much fun. And then, uh, uh, well, Popcorn is kind of William Castle-ish. Uh, where the, this these film students rent out a um an old movie palace 
couple of weeks before it's going to be torn down and put a, on an all-night horror movie marathon. And they pick four movies that had gimmicks, William Castle-type gimmicks, and they do all the gimmicks. Mm-hmm. But there's actually a killer on the loose in the movie. But yeah, those uh, definitely must-have, must-watch, especially especially Matinee. That one's so much fun. We need, definitely have to get that on DVD. There's been a lot of old Dark House movies. They even did a remake of this one. Was it 99? Yes. With Jeffrey Rush playing the Vincent Price part. And they even called him, used his last name as Price. Was it Stephen Price? Right. And uh, he had a little pencil-thin mustache. and it was, it was what it was, but it didn't have the charm that this movie has. It didn't have the mood. It couldn't because it was made in 99. Right. <laughs> and had a huge budget. This, a slave to its budget, Really worked out for it, I think, in creating the mood with using all you know all the dark shadows and uh, and being in black and white. I think if this was in color, it, it probably wouldn't have been near as as good or at least atmospheric anyway. Tis true, I agree. And you know, I haven't seen the only time I've seen the movie, the original, the old Dark House, was a crappy bootleg copy. And I do, I do believe there is a Blu-ray, a clean restored Blu-ray copy out that we should probably get sometime. I would love to see that. And The Haunting, that's another one that uh, we that I haven't watched in 100 years. I can't even remember anything about it. But one we did talk about a while back, Legend of Hell House, is an old Dark House movie. Yeah. And that's another really good one that it took me being an adult to appreciate it. I didn't like it as a kid because it didn't have a monster in it. But I didn't quite grasp the, the darkness of it and the atmosphere of it uh, until later. Oh, you know, there's another there's another old Dark House movie that's not many people have seen, and I believe it might be a public domain movie, but it's called The House of Seven Corpses. Have you watched that with me? It sounds familiar, but I don't remember. A low-budget quickie, is in the, I, think, I believe it's from the 70s. Um, we'll, de- we'll have to watch that again and maybe do a podcast on that, because it's pretty interesting. Okay. Uh, from what I remember, I enjoyed it. It was one of those I just threw on for the hell of it. I had a you know cheap DVD of it, and actually, it was like, well, this isn't too bad. And all of those, all of those movies, I believe, are readily available on Amazon, or if not on YouTube, you know, a lot of stuff is on YouTube <laughs> these days. True that. And of course, this I'll be putting a lot of pictures and a lot of behind-the-scenes pictures, anything I can find on the Phantasm After Dark Facebook page, along with the trailer. Hell, I may even put the link to the whole movie if it's on YouTube on there. Yeah, if you can find it, that'd be good. Yeah. So definitely check out the Facebook page and all the pictures we're going to put up on there. and Drop us a line on there, too. You know, make some comments on on the podcast or on the pictures. and Or, you know, if there's anything you want to hear us do a podcast about, any unusual, strange cult horror movie. Or you can drop us a line at phantasmoafterdark at gmail.com. Phantasmoad rather at gmail.com phantasmode all one word at the old email there I think that's about it I do believe it is not a whole lot to say you know we could go on and on and on I could probably look up a dozen more facts on this well I mean there's lots of cool scenes and lots of cool things to talk about but But this is one of those there you know put it on late at night sit back get you some popcorn and and enjoy it yeah it's a fun uh, creepy little movie and it's been surprised in William Castle that's all you need to know Indeed, indeed. <laughs> you got it. So, Rob. Yes, ma'am. How are we going to relate this <laughs> to Planet of the Apes? Because we know that the world of revolves around planet. We play this game at the end of almost every podcast where it was discovered many years ago that the world revolves around Planet of the Apes, and you can connect 
anything and anyone back to the original Planet of the Apes. This was discovered long before the Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. So give me somebody or something in this movie, and I will do my best to connect them back to Planet of the Apes. All right. So I'm thinking, how about the guy that played Lance? Is that Richard? Richard Long? Long. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sure. You ready for this? I'm ready. <laughs> Richard Long was Jared Barkley on Big Valley. Okay. Okay. Linda Evans was on Big Valley. Mm -hmm. Linda Evans, of course, was on Dynasty mm -hmm. later on. Charlton Heston was on a couple episodes of Dynasty, mm. which spun off into the show The Colbys. Charlton uh -huh. Heston, Planet of the Apes. Well, that was quick. <laughs> I barely even had to think about that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I could go a long way. I... No, no, it's fine. Well, there you have it. You've been proven again that the world does indeed revolve around Planet of the Apes. Yes, it does. Good job. Thank you. Uh, that's about it. Be sure to check out all the cool stuff coming up in October in the area here. Go to the Narrow website. Check out the Monster Fest Facebook page, the Phantasmo After Dark Facebook page, all that cool stuff, and uh, come out and see us. Yep. Right on. Well, that's about it. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night.